Good morning. We'll be reading this morning from Isaiah 43. In my Bible here, it's called Israel's Only Savior, this section. Would you stand with me, please, as we read together? Thank you. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, and those are much the same, two names for the same person, two names for the same tribe. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you. By, my, by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. The word of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Gail. And thank you, Pam. I think this might be the first time that we haven't overlapped quite as much in the direction we've taken with this passage of Scripture. So, um, Pam talked about the things we go through, tri- the word tribulations. I'm going to refer, and she mentioned this as well, trials. Um, really, this text to me is about going through trials and God's promise of deliverance through those. All of us go through them. We may be going through a trial right now. We can probably... Anybody who hasn't ever gone through a trial? Okay. And by the way, I'm not talking about what happens in a courtroom, although that might be a trial. Um, but, you know, the difficulties, the challenges, the, the hard stuff that we face in life, some things are hurtful, dangerous, uh, those kinds of things. Maybe you've... Um, seen one of those old TV westerns they used to make about the wagon trains heading west? You remember those? And they started out something like this. Ma, they're giving away land out west. We can make a fresh start and have a place of our own. Let's get a wagon and head for Oregon country. And then he got there and found out it's not pronounced Oregon. But anyway... Seems there, you know, there were trials to face on those journeys out west, weren't there? All kinds of things that, that they could come across. And seems there was always a river crossing or two that had to be attempted along the way that could be challenging and even dangerous. The wagon master would ride ahead to survey the situation and look for the best place to cross. And When he found it then, when that place was found, one by one, those wagons would enter that river. And almost without fail, at least one of those wagons would have a problem. The horses pulling it would spook, or maybe one of the wagon wheels would run over a big rock and it would tip the wagon and over it would spill. And the family's belongings would fall out and float away including that prized piece of furniture, the only one that Ma was allowed to bring on the trip west. You know, the one that had been passed down from her grandmother, that one. And most of the time, Ma and Pa and the kids were saved, half drowned, but saved. 
but their wagon and possessions were lost. Those water crossings could be challenging and dangerous. You know, there's, some, there's teaching in some circles that the Christian life should be basically trouble-free. It's the gospel of health, wealth, and prosperity. If you're saved, if you have faith, then bad things won't happen to you. Problem is, this teaching doesn't line up with Scripture. Acts 14.22 Acts 14, tells us we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Or you could insert trials for that word, hardships. You know, one of the reasons this gospel is preached is because it attracts a following. Who doesn't like the sound of a trouble-free life that is marked by nothing but blessing? That sounds good. But Scripture is pretty clear. Trials are to be expected. Let me share some, some Scriptures with you. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going to go through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in His suffering. 2 Timothy 3.12 In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. John 16.33 Jesus speaking here, In this world you will have trouble. Insert trials. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Someone has said this, If we want to wear a crown above, we must bear the cross below. In our text today, God said, when you pass through the waters, not if. Now, there's kind of two different illustrations here. One talks about the waters. One talks about passing through the fires. We're going to focus on the water problem today. And again, God said, when you pass through, not if. Trials are inevitable. We can't go around them, we can't go over them, we can't go under them. We have to go through them. So what what do the waters represent? Well, for some it might be health-related issues. For others it may be the waters of death and loss. They're the waters of job loss, financial difficulty, marital strife. Sometimes we face the waters of loneliness and depression and separation and bitterness and unforgiveness, and I know we've just scratched the surface on the kinds of trials that we can face. All of those can become waters through which we have to pass. Well, the Scripture pictures three ways that we cross the waters that represent trials in our lives. Now, I don't know why God chooses to take us through the waters of trials in different ways, but He does. Perhaps it's because he sees the bigger picture. Or because each trial has a different lesson to teach us. And we learn those lessons most effectively in the way that we pass through those waters. And I will tell you today that in these three pictures of crossing the waters, each has what I will call a fear factor 
and a faith factor. So the first way, we pass through on dry ground. There are a couple of unique water crossings in the Old Testament. They took place roughly 40 years apart. The the first was the crossing of the Red Sea and the other was the crossing of the Jordan River. Let me share those scripture passages with you. The first is from Exodus chapter 14, verses 19 through 22. This is the crossing of the Red Sea. Remember, the people were fleeing, fleeing Egypt now. God had released them from captivity. And it says, Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Can you imagine that? You know, there have, uh, there have been those who have tried to explain the miracles that took place in the Bible. You know, there's got to be a scientific explanation for this because this couldn't really happen. So what happened was, one of them anyway for the crossing of the Red Sea is, well, they went through a shallow place and it really wasn't very deep to begin with and, you know, a strong wind kind of blew the waters apart. This said there were walls of water. If the water is only knee deep and God separates it, there aren't going to be walls of water. All right? Do you agree? The other crossing was of the Jordan River. Forty years later, we're now ready to enter the promised land, Canaan. Joshua 3, verses 14 through 17. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. So this is harvest time. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zerathan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground with all the people, while all the people passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Now, as I'm sure you can tell, these scriptural accounts, from these scriptural accounts, we're talking about two very different situations here. First of all, one crossing was of the sea, the other was of a river. At the sea, the enemy was closing fast and the water prevented escape. At the river, the enemy was before them and the water hindered them from the ability to go face that enemy. And one outstanding commonality between these two stories, and that's this. In both cases, through an act of God, they were able to cross on 
dry ground. I have to admit that this is my preferred way to pass through the trials, uh, waters of trial. I like to just fly through on dry ground. Now, here's the fear factor. At the Red Sea, it was pretty obvious. The Egyptian army was closing fast, and the Israelites were at this impassable barrier, or at least that's how they viewed it. There was no way out. The situation was impossible. Have you ever been in the place where you thought there's no way out, no way through this, it's impossible? It's a fearful place to be. Well, then there was the faith faith factor. There was a way out. It's just that no one could see it coming. Fortunately, it seems Moses, and I'm sure there were others, like Joshua and Caleb maybe, who believed God to deliver them. Moses, excuse me, in Exodus 14:13 it says, "Moses answered the people, "Do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again." So what was happening is the people were, you know, we're, we're goners. We're done for. We should have never left Egypt. Oh, why did we do this? And Moses is standing up and saying, "Don't be afraid. God will provide a way of escape for us." It makes me, this whole idea of Moses and maybe a few others who were people of faith, it reminds me of this story from the New Testament in Mark chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. It says, some men came bringing him a paralyzed man, bringing Jesus, a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. He was healed. Notice whose faith Jesus commended. It wasn't the paralytics. It was the faith of his friends. There have been times in my life when my faith has faltered, but there have been people praying for me who believed God for me. And God saw me through. And I think that's what happened at the Red Sea. The people were saying, oh, we're goners. Moses is saying, no, we're not. God will make a way. At the Jordan, the fear factor, the Jordan was at flood stage. It was higher, it was faster, it was wider than at any other time of year. We can relate. The St. Vrain is a pleasant, rather gently flowing stream through Longmont. But in September 2013, it reached flood stage and overflowed its banks and became something that most had never witnessed before. It became a fearful thing. That's what was happening with the Jordan River. The faith factor. You remember it said... The priests carrying the ark because they led the people across. They had to start walking into the Jordan. That's when God stopped the flow. You know, I'd have been tempted to stand around and say, Okay, God, as soon as it stops, I'll go in. But that's not what the the faith factor was. God will provide a way. They started walking in. God stopped the flow of the water. And because of that, they were able to pass through. 
on dry ground. And you know, I think about some things that occur in our lives, those trials, and I know they can represent any number of things to us. And it looks pretty scary. Maybe look, we're looking at this and say, oh, how am I going to get through this? And for some reason, God gives us a dry ground experience. We, he stops the water and we walk through on dry ground and we kind of look back and think, wow, that, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. God kind of sailed me right through that. Sometimes God does that for us. But another way that we make it through the waters is we wade through up to our neck. <clears throat> so let me, let me cite some scriptures that I think kind of speak to that kind of experience. Psalm eighteen sixteen. He reached down from on high and took hold of me and drew me out of deep waters. Psalm 124, and this is verses 1 and 2 and 4 and 5. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, the flood would have engulfed us, the torrent would have swept us away, the raging waters would have swept us away. Psalm 144, verse 7. Reach down your hand from on high, deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters from the hands of foreigners. And then Lamentations. We don't hear about this book a lot. Lamentations, verse, uh, excuse me, chapter 3, verses 52 through 54. Let those who are my enemies without cause hunt who were my enemies without cause, who hunted me like a bird. They tried to end my life in a pit and threw stones at me. The waters closed over my head. I thought I was about to perish. And the, and the first line of the next verse says this, I called on your name, O Lord. So I think the writers of these verses are picturing trials that we're going through as being waters that are about to engulf or sweep them away. Fear factor. This is a picture, in, to me anyway, of someone who's waded into the water and now it's up to their neck. Maybe when they first walked in, it was only knee deep. But the farther they go, the deeper it gets. And now only their head is above water and the force of the current has the potential to take them under or sweep them away. If you've ever waded into a fast-flowing stream, you know how difficult it can be to maintain your footing even if it's only knee-deep. So to be neck-deep in that same stream would almost surely mean that you would be carried away in the force of that water. Ever felt like you were in deep water and the current of the trial you were facing was just going to carry you away? It's a fearful thing. And sometimes that's how trials are, aren't they? We get, into the, we get started in these things as we journey through it and it doesn't look so bad, but the farther we get into it, the worse it seems to get. And pretty soon it's right up to here. Well, the faith factor here is this, and it's spoken of in each of these verses. It says, he reached down, speaking of God. 
If the Lord had not been on our side, speaking of God, I called on your name, O Lord. It is trusting in God to be our deep water deliverer when the water's up to here. See, what happens is when you cross through those deep places, usually if you're able to keep going, and with God's help you can, it gets shallower again, doesn't it? And pretty soon on the other side you walk out of that deep water. God is our deep water deliverer. And then, finally, we can cross by boat on a stormy sea. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked the disciples. (coughs) In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now, this is one of those that seems safe at the start. Hey, if you're going to have to cross the water, a boat's a good idea. Right? Well, here's the fear factor. It was the storm. This thing that seemed pretty manageable at the start grew from a molehill to a mountain, from a mouse to a monster. We've all been there. This trial that seems to be only a breeze on the water at the start grows in intensity until it becomes a hurricane. You know what I'm talking about. Well, the faith factor. Well, for the disciples, at least at the start, it was in the boat. Hey, we're in a boat. We're going to get across the lake. No problem. But as things got rough, they began to realize that the boat could not save them. Only Jesus could save them. That's why they woke him up. They experienced a faith switch from what could could get them across to who could get them across. See, it wasn't the boat that saved them, it was Jesus who saved them. The key is to make sure that Jesus is in the boat with you. Remember, at the very start of this, Jesus said this, Let us go to the other side. Let us go to the other side. So Jesus' intent was that they would make it to the other side. But when things got rough, they kind of forgot about that, didn't they? They thought they were going to drown. They didn't think they were going to make it to the other side. And no matter what happened while they were on the water, they were going to get to the other side because the master of the storm was with them. And sometimes that's our experience. What do we depend on to get us through the water of trial? Is it a boat? Is it something else? Is it someone else? It's only Jesus that gets us through the storm. 
You know, we've all had some water crossings in our lives. And there are probably going to be more ahead of us. And they can be challenging. And even dangerous. And maybe at times, God has intervened in a powerful way and essentially parted the waters and you walk through on dry ground. Don't you love it when God does that? But more often than not, or at least it seems that way in my life, I have to wade in or get in the boat to get across. And like those pioneers, I have to drive my wagon into the water and ford those rivers. And it's challenging and even dangerous. But I know I can make it. I'll almost certainly get wet. And the wagon may float away, but I'll make it because God has promised he'll be with me. I want to share as I close this song, and you probably know it, the title's God Any Rivers. And it goes like this, be of good courage, God spake unto Joshua, when o'er the river God pointed the way. Jordan uncrossable, things seemed impossible. Waters divide as they march and obey. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. He does the things others cannot do. God is the same and His Word is dependable. He'll make a way through the waters for you. (laughs) Whether it's on dry ground or up to your neck or in a boat. He'll make a way through the waters for you. Life situations by Him are amendable. Mountains and hills He will part for you too. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. He does the things others cannot do. Aren't you glad? Boy, when we... Enter the waters that are the trials in our lives. We know God's going to get us through. I have my preferred ways of making it. You probably do too. I like the dry ground approach. But I know I've been up to my neck a few times or in a boat that got pretty scary when the storm came. But when Jesus is with you, you're going to make it through. Amen? Father, thank you for this encouragement, this reminder of your faithfulness in your word. We all know what it's like to go through the waters of trials, of tribulation, of difficulty, of danger. We've been there. But here we are today. You got us through. Or maybe right now we're in the middle of something, but you are with us. And we thank you for that. And we know in this world you will have trouble. But don't be afraid, I have overcome the world. There are probably some things ahead of us. There are going to be times again when there will be that fear factor that will try to shake us up. And yet, Lord God, may we go back to that faith factor that if Jesus is with us, we will make it through. Dry ground, wading through up to our necks in a boat on stormy water. Jesus, we can trust as you go with us, that we will make it through. We have before, we will again. 
We give you praise. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that we can always look to you. Thank you that you are our rock, our fortress, our ever-present help in times of trouble. May we, as was mentioned as we sang this morning, look to your promises. Those are what hold us fast. And we thank you for that. And pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.